Welcome home. This is the Residency Podcast. I am Jeff Damasic with Drew Belcher and Low Raven. Yellow. Bringing you the biggest guests and stories in entertainment, business, pop culture, and sports from our studio on the Las Vegas trip inside the Mandalay Bay. Make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. You know the drill. This episode is brought to you by Mandalay Bay. The NFL season has been crazy so far. Do not forget that the Bud Light Beer Garden between Mandalay Bay and Luxor is the only place to enjoy the pregame and postgame for all the Raiders games. Tons of incredible food, music, and big guest experiences are waiting for you there every single week. Hopefully, we get a home playoff game. Come on, playoffs. Let's Raiders playoffs. playoffs. Raiders Bengals this week. You assholes are Raider fans, though. What No. We adopted it. Yeah. You can't be a Raiders fan since what? Last week? I'm the biggest Raider fan. Okay, Come on. There you go. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Callie Bash returns to T-Mobile Arena on January 29th to bring you the biggest names in Latin music, including Faruko, Don Omar, Maluma, and more. Latin Jeff. Is back. Yo, Jeff's making his back. Yeah, I'll come it out. That sounds fun. It's good. And February 5th, Michelob, Arena, uh, Michelob Ultra Arena at Mandalay Bay will be hosting the highly anticipated Thurman versus Barrios boxing match. Get ready for a massive fight. Come see us at our studio in the Mandalay Bay Sportsbook anytime. We love you guys. We appreciate it. Let's get this going. Um, look, today we're going to give you the real truth on what it's like to interview some of the biggest names in the world. We have fellow podcaster, four-time Emmy winner, proud owner of three names, Chris VanVleet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's man. going on, man? Look at what a setup. Thank you guys so much for bringing me in here. By far the best looking guy of the group. For Absolutely. sure. For sure. For not, sure. Not even a question. We wanted to ask him to just interview with your shirt off. Yeah. yeah. Just take your shirt off. Look at the two two of four photos here. You like shirtless? that? Just yeah. abs. Just on, just guys, popping. to entice wow. you to watch our YouTube channel behind me right here. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening to audio right now, go to our YouTube and you will see the background. Half the photos are shirtless. And if you listen 30 to 45 minutes in, you never know. You might get some nips. <laughs> it might come off. Who knows? Who knows? You never know. Uh, thanks for coming, man. We appreciate having you on. This is really good. We can't take our shirts off, so we make our guests do if we have to. We'll peer pressure you as much as <laughs> yeah. possible. I'd a, I wish I had known. I would have, you know, really like... That's a push-up. That's a push-up yeah. before you came on. Maybe tanned. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> a little pre-workout, get so a nice tan do. sesh. By yeah. the way, I watched your Instagram story. I noticed, was it for us or for your show? Your face looks a little different. Yeah, I've been. I didn't he was growing out an outrageous Survivor beard. I just hadn't shaved in, <laughs> yeah. I think it was two months. Oh, damn. And it was weird. So I was putting up these YouTube videos and I was getting a lot of very mean comments because, <laughs> you know, it didn't look awesome. I'll admit it. And also, <laughs> it I was jet black. I have dark hair and people were like, did you Sharpie that on? Was number one. <laughs> and number two, people were like, oh, you're using just for men. I'm like, no, this is just the color of my beard. <laughs> it like, was so good. People thought it was fake. Yeah. People always or enhanced. Say, it was enhanced. It just goes to show you only the weirdest thing gets people engaged. But hey, your your beard's fake. Yeah, man, your, your beard's beard fake. Is too dark. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, you didn't look bad with it. Thank you. I've it's... grown out a full beard for the NHL playoff bullshit. Well, you probably have a really red one. I looked horrible, though. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> fucking horrible with I, a full beard. I didn't love the beard look on me. I, I'm more like like exactly what you guys have here. Just like a two, yeah. three, four day. Yeah, on scruff. purpose. The a little stubble. On purpose scruff. A little stubble. Yeah. yeah, that looks like, oh, I just forgot to shave. I will say the dudes who look really good with beards, beards I'm envious of. It's, it's an envious thing that... Man, that guy rocked. Super clean and crisp. That's what I was hoping for. (laughs) I I worked in TV news for so long, and you had to be clean shaven. Like Mm. up until just recently, almost everybody on the news was completely clean shaven. Yeah. Now you're starting to see some beards or maybe a mustache. But I had a boss that was like, "You need to go shave right now." New York Yankees rules. Basically, yeah. Yeah. So after I wasn't working local TV every single day, I was like, "I'm just gonna see what this thing looks like." Let it grow for like 
a month during COVID like everyone did. Yeah, for sure. And I was like, ah, I don't know. If this Look, you can't have it all, right, pal? You <laughs> yeah. can't have it all. But yeah. I, I also did the thing where I took it from a beard to a goatee to a mustache. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. Every guy does that. Just right? to explore oh, yeah, yeah, all yeah. the options. Of course. Yeah. And you landed on like, nothing. They were all bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they all looked horrible. Terrible. It's all right. At least now you know. You're not going to wonder anymore now, you know? That's great. Um, <laughs> all right. At this point, you interviewed, I mean, some crazy big names. We're going to talk about them a lot during the show. Um, but who is someone that would make you nervous interview if you got the chance? Ooh, someone I haven't interviewed, haven't yet? interviewed yeah. yet. Oh my gosh, there's a bunch. So I'm obviously a big wrestling fan, and a lot of the interviews I've done are with pro wrestlers. Vince McMahon's at the top of my list. Ooh, that'd be great. And I don't want to talk to Vince McMahon about like, hey, what happened like with the Bret Hart screw job or anything like that. Yeah. I want to talk to like Vince McMahon, the man. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone's really dove in deep and figured out like. What does he eat for breakfast? Like, does Vince McMahon eat pizza? Like, he's still jacked at whatever age he is. Yeah. What does his workout routine look like? He eats live animals for breakfast. He must. He <laughs> sacrifices them live. Yeah. I mean, when we had Charlotte Flair on, she actually touched on Vince McMahon and said how actually truly intelligent that this man is, but he's also very intimidating to talk to in person. Oh, I bet. How could, how could he not be? And how could he not be brilliant? Whether you love what WWE is doing right now or not, how could you not respect what Vince McMahon has grown that company into? You know, a multi-billion dollar franchise. It's un unbelievable. I think if you look at wrestling, because it's successful now, it seems obvious. But in the very original days, when you were pitching this huge multi-billion dollar potential business, <laughs> yeah. it's like, hey, man, yeah. relax, dude. Come on. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Fake fighting? Yeah. You're going to make a billion dollars? I don't think so. Come on. Ease, ease the pain real quick. All right, Vince McMahon would be a big one. That's yeah, awesome. Vince McMahon would be at the very top of that list. I Vince, I know you're not listening right now, but <laughs> yeah. we absolutely know you are not listening. Everybody wants to interview. Yeah. If a friend of a friend of a friend is listening right now, our guy wants Vince on, you know? That would be a, I mean, there's so many people and I look, everybody has a great story. And that's the cool thing about podcasting is having a full hour to like, just dive in deep, figure out where someone came from. Like what were their stumbles along the way? So everybody has a great story. Vince would be an amazing one. Yeah. Elon Musk would be great. I've always been a Joe Rogan fan from back in the fear factor days. Yeah. Ooh. Being a TV host, it's hard not to respect Ryan Seacrest and everything he's done. It'd be great Absolutely. to have an hour with him. So great hair. Great, great everything. Ryan Seacrest. It's yeah, Ryan Seacrest. Let's go. Yeah. You know, he has a gold microphone. He probably yeah. earned it. Probably deserves That's it. That's right. He probably yeah. earned it. Yeah. <laughs> probably earned it. Just probably gave one away and it was one of one. Like, hey, man, you deserve it. Bro. Didn't he pitch the Kardashian show originally? He's, yeah. a, producer. Yeah. he's, he's a producer. Let's go. He's a producer. He's making yeah. more money off that than anything else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did, does, so did he get the new Hulu deal too or no? Is he part Ooh, of that? I'm sure he is. Good for him. Of course. Good for him. I, uh, I think when we were saying like being nervous, because you've interviewed so many people, you're really good at it, obviously. You've interviewed a lot of big names, but back to Vince McMahon, he would be, you know, you always throw some curveball questions to see how they go. Vince McMahon would be interesting when I throw a curveball question. If he gives you like 15 seconds of silence, would feel like an oh, eternity. Yeah. So <laughs> they just stare oh at you. you know? yeah. Well, we've all seen the clip with him and Bob Costas where he's like basically like doesn't like Bob's line of questioning and it doesn't go very well from there. But you want to talk about being intimidated in an interview. Samuel L. Jackson. I've interviewed him a handful of times. He is so intimidating. Very nice, very kind, great interview. <laughs> but when you ask him a question, there's like a three-quarter of a second pause between your question ending and his answer beginning, and he just stares at you. <laughs> He's like thinking of what to say, but it's just an yeah, awkward and moment. It feels like a, an hour. And he's just staring at you and it's like the way that he looks at you. And he's like, well, I never thought 
thought about it that way. And he just breaks into it. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God. Oh, yeah. This is going to win so bad. This is going to win so bad. You yeah. go one way or the other. Uh, and like, you know, the question might not be like, like something simple, but he's just staring at you, like staring a hole through you. And you're like, oh, this is terrible. So <laughs> that's a very, very intimidating man to talk to. That's awesome. All right. Samuel L. Jackson would be that's I mean, that's high on my list. Big, big, big Kahuna Burger, yeah. <laughs> Big Avenger guy over yeah. here. I want all the Avengers on, oh, if that's possible. Great. Sure. Right? At the same time. I don't, I don't know if the if studio is big enough. Yeah, I don't this know one definitely is not. If that's fine. <laughs> so I'll, do, I'll do some renovations. I'll do some renovations. But speaking of that, actually, do you think interviewing people and hosting in general and media in general is getting harder over time because more and more people are sharing so much of themselves already on social media where it's harder to get some really good information and questions out of people? Yeah, that's such a great point. I think that people are now controlling their own narrative, which yes. wasn't the case. Right. Now, I broke sure. into television in 2005, and if you wanted to get your message out, it was on TV or on radio or in a magazine. Now, there's a lot of people that don't even do interviews because they can just put it out on their own platforms. Yep. So, yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely difficult to get the unique stories that they've never told before. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's the benefit of having a podcast. Right. You know, a lot of the interviews that I did especially coming up in TV, they were four-minute interviews, the junket-style interviews. They sure. Come. Yeah. So you've got four minutes. That celebrity sits in a hotel room all day, the whole day, and then a different journalist a every four minutes just cycles in. Oh, shit. To get something new out of them in that situation is so Sounds difficult. impossible. I would swing for the fences every single time. <laughs> right, you have to. <laughs> You'd have to. My whole idea with those interviews was I'll swing for the fences, and if it works, home run. Great. Everybody yep. sees it. Great moment that we put on TV and YouTube. If it doesn't work, the only people that know about it are the people in this room. Right, the makeup artist, the camera guy, that's okay. Yeah. And they just, you know, it lives on the cutting room floor then. Damn, I never even, because look, we've only done the podcast route. We've never yeah. interviewed people in any other format. Mm. Do you prefer that format or do you prefer the podcast format? Where it's, podcast is yeah. like, a, it's a real conversation. Right. Yeah. Right. You get to dive in, spend an hour with someone, by the way, with no phone in front of you, like. This doesn't really exist in our everyday life anymore. That's very true. You know, That's very true. even when you're out to dinner with your friends, you're probably still going to look at your phone. When Absolutely. It's on, right. Yep. Someone always asked me in the very beginning when we started the show, because the barrier to entry of podcasting is like zero. You plug a microphone in, you can put a podcast. <laughs> yeah. You're good. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's upload like, it. Right. It's like influencer. Get through 50 episodes and then tell me that you podcast. Right. right? Yep. You know, I, I always say the best thing about podcasting is anyone can do it. The worst thing about podcasting <laughs> is anyone, anyone can do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But if you applied this system in your everyday life without microphones and just said, hey, I need to talk to someone that I don't normally speak to for one hour once a week, just imagine how much smarter you'd be oh, or gosh. stories you'd hear in one year, right? Just take them out. Say if you took one person out to lunch for one, for one hour every single week for a whole year, that system just mentality can better you in a lot of different ways. We just happen to throw microphones in front of our face and spend yeah. a lot more time on it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I remember when podcasts were just starting to become a thing, like 2010, 11, 12, and people would be like, oh, you've got to listen to this podcast. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not really a podcast person. Yeah. I would just listen to the same album or the same Spotify playlist on my commute to work. Yeah. And then I realized, and at this point, I was driving 45 minutes to work, 45 minutes back from work. So an hour and a half every single day, Damn. seven and a half hours a week. I'm like, I should probably be learning something. And that was when things really shifted for me. I'm going to start listening to podcasts so I can eavesdrop on conversations, but also learn a little bit along the way. 
way better than listening to I don't know Blink One Eighty Two for the <laughs> yeah. seven hundred and sixteenth time. I, I, <laughs> I like what you just said right there, right? Like the idea of your eavesdropping on somebody else's conversation is is much. That's exactly different. what it is. Joe yeah. Rogan and Elon Musk are gonna have a three hour long conversation. I guarantee you, if they were sitting next to you at Starbucks, you wouldn't leave. Yeah, hundred percent. You'd be. I like, love that. You know, that's fair. That's a great way to look at it. Into it. And that's exactly what podcasting is. You know, nobody's going to have the chance to probably meet any of those people. But in a podcast setting, you can at least eavesdrop in that con- on that conversation. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's good. And now the options that you have are so cr- like crazy. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> it is really interesting. It's funny as some people, you would think as media gets grows, grows and grows, the majority of people aren't even restrictive. They like to tell their stories in mm-hmm. certain ways and give people the freedom to even all of our guests here. To be honest with you, I think maybe one guest has ever asked us for questions in advance. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty rare thing. Every yeah, guest, just one. Yeah. We've literally just only had one. One guest who ever asked us to send them questions in advance, None of, and then they came back, and none of which were edited, and everyone else just has the trust yeah. that you're going to deliver insightful, fun questions, or whatever the concept is of your show. Yeah. That, to me, is actually pretty interesting, where someone who has their brand on the line technically in every interview now that this is live or anything yeah. but it's just like okay cool yeah hit me with it yeah that's also a trust that they have in themselves too right like that they're not, not mess up yeah. act like a complete idiot they cancel themselves know? right <laughs> i get that I, so how so how did you start by the way how did a random canadian get on mtv <laughs> yeah, yeah. and start interviewing people yeah. if we go way back when i was four i had a fisher price tape recorder like with cassette tapes there we go and I would hit record and pretend to be the radio host that I heard on the radio. So that's where the love began for that's communication awesome. studies and broadcasting. Fast forward a little bit in high school, we had a communication studies class where we actually had a TV studio inside our high school. That's right. And you would rotate through the jobs. So you'd be a VTR operator, audio, camera, you'd be the host. So you were doing all these different things, learning all the different aspects of television. So I was always really passionate about it. I was the vice president of my student council. Mainly because that was the person that did the morning announcements. So I was the guy who did the <laughs> I morning I want that job. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'll run for vice president if I get to be the guy who's doing the morning announcements. Good morning. Yeah, you've been crafting the radio <laughs> yeah. voice since day one. That, that was it, yeah. And then when it came time to pick a college major when you're 17 or 18 years old, which is crazy, by the way. <laughs> for sure. What do you want to do with the rest of your life? I'm like, I don't know. Communication studies class was fun. I had a dream to be on TV or the radio. Seemed like a crazy dream that was not accomplishable at all. But I'm like, I'm going to chase after it. And we'll see what happens. So went to college for communication studies. In my senior year, I had an epiphany. And it hit me so hard, like a ton of bricks, that I was going to have to work for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, I was having the best time in college. It's the worst. Just depressed. It's the worst feeling. What? Like this is having, going to end. I was having the best time living with my four best friends, going to class when I wanted to go to class, sleeping in. And I was like, oh, my God. At the end of this year, I got to go like wake up like nine to five for the rest, rest of my life. Right. <laughs> and that was when I was like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to put try to stack the odds in my favor and do what I can to try to get a job I at least don't hate. That was the That's goal. Great. Try not to hate set that job. bar real high. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I got to enjoy this. By the way, for context, we're all similar ages in our 30s. That so being in social media or doing podcasting or doing any of that, that wasn't. Oh, a job. Didn't it, didn't it didn't exist. It didn't exist. No. At all. It sounds crazy. So anyone who's younger, I'm sorry. It just sounds like we're 100 years old. But that yeah. wasn't real at the time. The closest yeah. thing was like a radio host. That's what I mean. On like, like the radio, you had to go in and pitch and email them and go bang on yeah. doors. You couldn't just 
be, get followers and then become that. Yeah. yeah. And that was exactly what I was doing. Like in that moment, in that epiphany, I reached out to every radio station and every TV station in my college town said, can I just come in and volunteer and see how it's done in the real world? Because I'm so passionate about this. I want to see how, how it's really done. One radio station brought me on their street team, handed out like stickers at events. Yeah, sure. There was another like public access, like community run television station. They said, yeah, of course, please come in, like work for free. We'd love it. Yeah. <laughs> and then another <laughs> radio deal. station said, we don't take on volunteers, but how would you like a job? And I went, okay. And they said it only pays $8 an hour. And I'm like, well, that's $8 more than I thought I was going to Huge make. win. And yeah. I was a board operator, like running the soundboard. Way to get that college degree. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> make it worth it. $8 an hour. Yeah. And then after my shift, I would go into the studio and record, actually in this exact mic, the Shure SM7B, and I would record like an audio demo reel. And that's kind of how I got started. Wow. And then it just took off from there? Then it was like... I got again. I knew I needed an internship that would hopefully, possibly, maybe turn into a job. Reached out to a bunch of TV stations. Nobody got back to me. <laughs> there was a small TV station 60 miles from my hometown in a small town called Peterborough, Peterborough, Ontario. And I reached out to the general manager. I scoured the internet, found his email address, randomly sent him an email and said, I'm going to be there during spring break. Could I just come by and talk to you about a possible internship? Total lie. Pure lie. Had yeah. no plans on going to Peterborough, Ontario in the middle of winter because it was freezing yeah. there. And he said, well, if you're going to be in town, sure, come on by. So I went by. He looked at my resume, saw the volunteer stuff I had, and he went, you know what? We don't normally do this, but I'll take a chance on you. Sure. You've got an internship. And then that internship wasn't just me like getting coffee and making photocopies. I was following the reporters around, watching them put the stories together. And at a small station like that, you're shooting, writing, editing, producing, doing the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Two weeks into my internship, they gave me a story, and I was on the news that night. Oh, oh let's shit. go. That's yeah. sick. And then that was my internship from that moment on. So I was on TV, not getting paid anything right. other than experience. And to pay for the gas to drive, because it was an hour plus each way, oh. I was working my old high school job in the fish department of a pet store. Oh, my goodness. So think of the juxtaposition of... <laughs> Being well, on TV. And in Canada, by the way, which <laughs> yeah. makes this all 10 times more difficult. Yeah. So think of that. I would be on TV one night and then the next morning be scooping dead goldfish <laughs> in a pet store. <laughs> That's the grind. People have to know <laughs> the struggle. The grind. Know? That is the grind. So they ended up, that internship did end up turning into a job. Ended up quitting the fish department job. So then it was, I was on the news for about a year and a half in this small town. I was actually a news anchor there too, but I was like, I'm 22, like. I want to do something more than news. I wasn't that passionate about news. I was passionate about broadcasting. Ended up getting a, an opportunity at MTV2 Canada. I saw it, I saw a job posting and I was like, two years experience? I pretty much got that. <laughs> so I was going out because I had access to all the cameras at the TV station. I was just going out after my shift was done and recording stuff that made it look like I was doing much cooler stories <laughs> yeah. than I was. <laughs> Like I, this is me live at the concert. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, in oh, death reporting. This yeah. band's in town, or this movie's coming out. Like stuff I would never actually do on TV, <laughs> but I would hit record and put it on my little DVC Pro tape, like an actual tape. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to make it look like just I'm beef the reel up a little bit. I yeah. beef everything on my reel at that point was nothing that had ever. Been I love on that. TV. I've done a couple of those. I've done a couple of those. Reported live. I love it. 
I mean, in your 20s is what you have to do, right? How do you get the experience that everyone needs you to have without just kind of slithering your way into it? You know yeah. what I mean? And I, so I saw this job opportunity. It was in Vancouver. And that's far. That's basically Seattle. Mm-hmm. And I was living in Toronto. Which so is New York, right? Yeah, so it was a five-hour <laughs> flight. But I, I saw on the job posting the name of the person that was doing the hiring. So I called the TV station and asked for that woman by name. And they're like, one moment, please. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're actually connected. Strategy, <laughs> strategy, strategy. I got her voicemail, left a voicemail, and said, like, hey, I'm interested in the job. Hope you can take a look at my stuff. She emailed me a few days later and said, we're still, like, reviewing applications, but, like, we'll get back to you. In her email signature was her direct phone number. Oh, yes. And I'm like, oh, I will be calling you in a few days, Catherine <laughs> Peterson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sure enough, mistakes later, were made. <laughs> yeah. A few days later, I called her. She picked up and I said, Hey, it just so happens that I'm going to be in Vancouver next Thursday. Again, total lie. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Well, if you're going to be here, yeah, of course, please come by. We'd love to talk to you about it. And that was basically how I lied my way into two TV jobs. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, like, it sounds what everyone had to do in that earlier time, right? Absolutely. You I got my job it. off of MySpace. I found this thing. Find a name, found out where they worked, where it was going to be. Yeah. Hit them up directly. Like, yo, I'm going to be in, I'm gonna be on State Street in, uh, at like 8 o'clock tomorrow. Any chance to be around? Man. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, shit, they're going to be around. <laughs> then you get there at that I time. I love that. It's now, awesome. I ended up getting this job, and it went from me doing, like, local news stories to me interviewing celebrities, like musicians and uh, comedians and actors and directors. My first day of work there was following the rapper Chingy around <laughs> yeah. for a day. Right there. Chingy. Right, right there. there. Right, right there. Right there. It was, he was promoting his Chingy. second album. First big, first big break. Chingy, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to interview him again. That Put that on the top of my list. Now. Oh. Oh, full, full circle. circle. I would love another interview with Chingy. Yeah. That interview I did with him was awful, I'm sure. <laughs> All I, I had him for the full day. Like We went to the airport and met him when he flew into Vancouver. To like a radio station, to a autograph signing, to like all these different things. And I just remember how tired he was because it was like Vancouver today, probably LA tomorrow, and right. you know, yeah. so on and so on. I just remember how tired he was. Press I, tour. I'm in his face with a camera because I was also shooting my own stuff at the time. I'm in his face with a camera the whole time. And he's just like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a grind, man. It's a grind. <laughs> like his eyes half open. I mean, was that when you got those opportunities, though, was it like, oh, my God, all right, cool. I've officially arrived. I just remember, like, being assigned the chingy thing. Yeah. I think even before I had started, I think my boss called me up and was like, hey, like, we're really excited to have you out here. Like, I hope you drive safe. It's a 47-hour drive, by the way. Oh, my oh God. My God. In my 1995 so you were, Toyota Corolla. So you were, that was a big move. You were moving your whole oh, my entire life yep, in, a, in a car. But I remember she's like, I think we're going to set up this thing with chingy. And I was just like, okay. Like, sounds good. Like, it just felt like a normal day of work for me. Yeah. I don't know. It just felt like it was the next right possible move for me. I didn't, I wasn't like, oh my God, what am I going to talk to him? I was just like, okay, yeah, I'll make it work. (laughs) Don't say right there. Don't say right there. How do you, yeah, right? (laughs) Where are we going? Right there. Oh, damn it. Oh, damn it. Shit. (laughs) By the way, I'm really interested to know where Chingy is right now. What is Chingy doing right now? That's a great great question. question. Or his real name. (laughs) Remember that? Oh, no. No, not at all. Hey, I call him Chingy. Chingy. I think it's Chris. Mr. Chingy. <laughs> yeah. Let's look. I think his I think his name's Chris. Chingy, real name, is going to have like the most basic name. It's Brandon. Jones. Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> Just Just like oh, it wasn't even close. Not even close. Howard Earl Bailey. Howard Jr. Earl Howard. Bailey. Howard. Howard Earl Bailey the second. Chingy. I bet he has new music. <laughs> I bet if we look at his discography. Chingy's putting out. New? He, he, put, he put an album this year. <laughs> Hate it or love it too. 
2022. It's been 11 days. It's been 12 days. <laughs> oh, wow. We just but dropped. We, just, <laughs> we could probably get him on the podcast. We got Chingy yeah, on next week, everybody. Like, <laughs> this would be the, this would be the greatest segue. clip into a clip, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. What is what is your – because we're really interested because we have our process, whatever. What is your preparation process for interviewing people in general, right? Because yeah. we, we've seen, like, celebrity, athlete, whatever it may be, they're all – for the majority are super down to earth, really open to having questions, down to do interviews, really easy to talk to. Yeah. So it's never been really intimidating during the process. But like you said, you want to generate enough good questions so you can bring the best out of them. Do you have yeah. a process to do? Or I usually want to listen to at least one podcast they've been on just to get a feel for the flow of the conversation and like, what do they really lean into? Are they, what's their, everybody has like a like go-to story. For too. sure. What's their go-to story? And if they've told it a thousand times, what's a new spin on that go-to story? One of the really big things I do is I'll start to type their name into YouTube and then see what the autofill says. Mm. So I'm like, oh, those are some of the topics yeah. that people are really interested in. So if you're interviewing, like Charlotte Flair would be a great example. It's a thousand things you could talk to her about as a wrestling fan. But what are like the top three things that people are searching right now? Oh, nobody's actually asked her about that? That's how my YouTube channel really started going viral at first. Yeah. I would ask people about things that they'd never been asked about or in a way that they'd never been asked. And I think that that's a big thing. Like Tony Robbins always says, the quality of your life is the quality of the questions you ask. And I think in an interview, that's a really big thing. You can ask the same thing two different ways and get two very different answers. So like early on, I was interviewing Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, and okay. So I was interviewing Benedict Cumberbatch, and there was a meme at the time where he looked like an otter. You can look this up. It's ridiculous. <laughs> There's a okay. meme where he looked like an otter. No one had asked him about it. So I went and I printed it out, and I said, has anybody ever showed you this? And he like started making all the faces, and I was like, this is, this is gold. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So it was like finding those little moments, and also going back to what I said earlier, like swinging for the fences, too. Like I had an interview with Gerard Butler, and I was like, man, he's in a lot of great action films. That would be such a cool moment. I could ask him to give me a movie punch on camera. So I teed it up and he's like, right now? Okay. So sit up a little bit. Okay, here you go. And I'm going to go this way and your head's going to go that way. And we did it. And I was like, I can't believe this. This <laughs> is so cool. That's so rad. That's so sick. Yeah. <laughs> that's so did cool. it work? Did it look really good on camera, by I, the way? I think it looks pretty. I'll wow. show you after. <laughs> We're going to pull up the clip. Yeah, so yeah, don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. We're going to insert the clip. It'll be in there for I sure. I added a sound effect too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Is that the next move for you? Have you ever wanted to get into acting? I've thought about it. I've been in a few films playing a news reporter. So yeah. <laughs> not really it fits. It fits at all. But I've been in some movies that you could actually like see. I was in a movie called Criminal Activities with John Travolta. Okay. I'm in a movie called The Bronze with Sebastian Stan. I spent a few days on the set of a movie called. Love Finds You in Sugar Creek. I had like two lines in that movie. <laughs> two, lines? <laughs> two lines? Oh, yeah. I'm in the background of The Love Guru with Mike Myers. Oh, Let's Love go. Guru. I'm in the trailer for that. There you go. I spent like 10 days. Sounds like you're already there. And then I'm in Chloe. I'm in the background of the movie Chloe with Liam Neeson and uh, mm. Amanda Seyfried. But like, yeah, I don't know. I'm very interested in it. Yeah. But I just love the idea of hosting. But I, I yeah. have thought a lot about this. Who's getting most of the TV hosting jobs right now? It's actors, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's like actors or Just celebrities. into it. Right? What if I were to do the reverse? What if I were to go from hosting into acting and start taking their jobs away Absolutely. From Big time movie star. Our job. Yeah, Make it happen, 100%. man. Yeah, I should. I mean, I feel like now, like, 
Have you ever decided to just put out your own? I mean, look, you obviously have a great job. The show is doing amazing. You ever decided to put out your own content outside of the podcast? Like, like on the YouTube channel? Yeah, or, yeah. or make it my own film? Yeah, like on, on like on YouTube channels. Yeah, I've thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, if I could collaborate with people where it could make a lot of sense, sure. And that's right. the world we live in right now. It right? is. Ideas it are is. endless. Yeah. By the way, Lowe is a child actor. I was a child actor. And he still gets like, a, still I, gets like three bucks get, every yeah, quarter. Yeah, like three bucks a month, shit. you know? <laughs> yeah, that's really crazy. That's amazing. What would I see you in? Uh, Murder, She Wrote. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Did you share any scenes with Angela Lansbury? Yeah, th- like the whole movie. So I was in the full length The feature. movie? Yeah, the movie called South by give, Southwest. Give us one of Go the lines. Back. Uh, she asked me. She goes, <laughs> yeah. "Earn that three dollars, low. Let's go, dude." Um, what are my lines? She goes, "What's your name?" I go, "Joe." And no, she goes, "Like Joe, yeah, yeah Joe." Joe. <laughs> and she goes, "And she goes, just Joe." And I go, "Not just Joe, Joe, <laughs> Joe." No, it's wow. actually it was actually great because the whole movie revolves around my Game Boy. So like wow. I had a Game Boy. And there's like this like nuclear whatever in it. It was, it was why sick. didn't why didn't you go from child actor to Adult actor. Actor, actor, actor. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck happened, though? Yeah. We never talked I, about that. I went that. to middle school, and then I was really good at basketball. And I was like, in my head, I was like, I'm really good at basketball. I'm better than everybody. I'm going to NBA. And not realizing I was like five foot nothing. Yeah, you're, <laughs> right? you're, not, you're really not good at height. Yeah, so. I'm really not good at height. Um, so I started doing that. And you that a was fork just, in the road. That was like my wrong. love, right? Huh. And then during high school, I did like two other little films. And then I was just, my life just took its course. Wow. Yeah. Well, you can always get back into it. That's the I, most exciting yeah. thing about acting. Like, you know, Betty Do you have White. an IMDb low? I do. Google oh me, man. Wow. Google I've me. Never even We've seen never your even IMDb. Yeah. To do that. Um, the best part too, right? Is like you said you you always have these like uh, news reporter roles. Yeah. I'm always a little Indian boy. Feathers, feathers in. Feathers in my hair, everything. A to Z. Really? Yeah, man. You're the Native American character? For sure. Lowell uh, Raven. I lost out. Lowell Raven. I lost out a couple. Let me see this. You got no photos here. No photo. But, uh, wait, I you, spent six months I in Germany. IMDb. I spent six months in Germany. Were you filming. the Young Artist Award nominee in 1999? Yeah, you know what I lost to? I lost to, uh, what's his name? Macaulay Culkin. Super, no. You could probably click on there and find out. Low, who lost that's to. all my movies. Yeah. Um, it's funny, huge. I, I have actually, no, it just shows the movie. Natu- I have a first, naturally Native. Yeah, that was the movie. Naturally Native, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so good. But the great thing about acting, I just want to let you know that we're this is like a celebrity room. Wow, <laughs> yeah, yeah. amazing, so, big yeah, time. Yeah. Like I'm, Betty, I'm huge in Germany, guys. Actually, I really <laughs> am. <laughs> Betty White was acting until the end, and like that's it's the great incredible. thing about it. You can't clearly can't play basketball, football, baseball, hundred percent, any of those past your forties, really. Yeah, but you could get into acting in your forties. Yeah, 50s, yeah, your sixties. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And I think the other thing... Now that and nowadays, with all the content that's coming out, yeah. not that there's not a ton of people who are trying to do it and can yeah. think they can, but there's yeah. also more opportunities just in general, right? Yeah. And I think the other thing, and I definitely know this now more than ever, now that I live in LA. Oh, wow. Wow. Getting alerts. Siri? Yeah. Wow. Siri he's, getting a call from his, he's getting a call from his agent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That quick, guys. Yeah. That quick, guys. There's <laughs> definitely a lot of people in LA in their 20s and 30s that are trying to make it. Yeah. If you move to LA like later on in your life, in your fifties or sixties, you're probably the competition for those roles is probably a lot less. Could you imagine the great. amazing conversation like just Joe Random? You know, you know what? Quits his regular job. He's fifty eight. He what are you doing? What's, what's going on? You retiring? Nah, moving to LA. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be an actor. Yeah. What? I got two thousand on this Instagram thing. I think I'm going to go to Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, <Joe>. for sure. <laughs> that's, that's, let's do this. That's actually probably a really good niche. 
No, Seriously? I'm gonna do it. 65. Yeah. I'm back yeah. in the game. Hot, yeah. Back in the game. Uh, speaking Long of hosting, silver hair. <laughs> I think a fun job outside of podcasting because obviously we love this and I don't, we're not gonna stop this forever. I think this has been so much fun. Uh, is like a hosting a game show or something oh, like that. I think so would be fun. so much fun. Yeah, that I think would be ho- awesome. awesome, like hilarious. I would, I would love to do something like that too. Yeah, so fun. I want to be on a game show. Like well, that, that would be awesome be, too. As a kid, that, no, that could be arranged for sure. Yeah. But hosting, I think, is just the ultimate yeah, level. Look at Steve Harvey now. The yeah, amount yeah, of fun sure. that this guy has in charisma on his shows, yeah. doing something like that on the yeah. later end of your career, come on, that's like the goal. I because th- I think like if you do some of the um, like shows where you have celebrities come on, it's cool. But the game, most of the game shows are just random people, who regular get people mm-hmm. that are regular people. Because we get to interview people here who are celebrities and athletes and all these things who are doing incredible stuff. Yeah, I think being a game show host and getting to have regular people who are just pumped out of their brain to be able to do this and totally not prepared and totally just going out to do whatever they need to and just probably screwing up completely i think would be a blast i think it would be so much fun i agree well if if your dream is to be on a game show you could probably make that happen this year yeah probably right all you do is like apply right yeah yeah Yeah. we'll 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 get you in for like wipeout or something like that oh thanks jeff (laughs) let's just fucking eat shit Yes, it's always right here. I know. I want to see low fucking flop. They, they have that. I'm an athlete, guys. So yeah, okay, nah, I got awful. this. We'll no, see what happens. <laughs> um, all right, we always love these questions. We ask guests. You know, every we always harp on a lot of the wins that they've had and some of the successes. But our favorite is, you know, what's gone wrong. Mm. You know. So, do you have an interview you remember or interviews that just went horribly wrong? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Although you guys would probably agree with this. Usually when someone comes in to do an interview or you go to do an interview, they're usually putting on their best face. They know the camera's there. They know this is going to go out to the world. So usually it's not that bad. But I've I've definitely had some interviews that were like, not as great as they could have been. Okay. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Usually because of me. Yeah. I remember I was interviewing Jennifer Garner for like, and it was, a, I think it was two weeks before Batman versus Superman was going to come out. And that was like right when she was in the middle of like the, you know, separating from Ben Affleck and he was about to play Batman. And my buddy jokingly was like, you should ask her if she's team Batman or team Superman. Oh, And I'm like, that's actually not a bad question. Love those kind of questions. Right. So we do the whole interview. And then at the end I said, oh, you know, with the new movie coming out soon, it's, I want to know, are you team Batman or are you team Superman? And she's like, oh, I'm Team Batman, of course. And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course you are. All right, well, you know, thank you so much. Good to see you. Congratulations on the film. I'm walking out of the hotel room. I have one foot out the door. And she goes, that was a ballsy question, Chris. That was a ballsy question. And oh, I'm like, shit. Oh, oh. And I walk out and I'm like, oh, okay, that wasn't, that wasn't good. And then her publicist is like, why would you ask a question like that? And I'm like, I think it's a fair question. And they were very upset. They were like, <laughs> You can't air this. We won't let you air this. And I'm like, uh, let me call my boss. I call my <laughs> boss. And I tell my story to the, my boss. My boss thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And I, sa- I said, they're saying that they're going to either have to edit that out or they'll give us the full interview, but we have to promise that we won't run it. And she's like, oh, well, tell them that we won't run it and we'll figure that out. I'm like, okay, we won't run it. So they hand it over the tapes. She goes in the Today Show the next day talks all about Ben Affleck and all about everything. And I thought, I don't, I just don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So my boss was like, all right, we ran that thing yesterday and we didn't include it. We're going to run it today. 
So we ran that question. <laughs> yeah, because yes. if you didn't, we're gonna run yes. it yes. and clip yes. it into a clip yeah. for sure. That's. I mean, why was she so mad? Because she had to pick sides or something? No, it was just I think the fact that like when when celebrities are going through a divorce, they don't want to talk about it. Yeah, right. They don't want that person's name brought up at all. And I guess the way that they viewed this is here's this like cheeky way of kind of asking the question without asking the question. I can fully understand where she's coming from. Right. And I completely get it. And you got to get a good sound bite, though. You know, <laughs> yeah. you got to try at least. Yeah, that, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't do that one again. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I also had a moment with Christoph Waltz, the bad guy from Inglorious yep. Bastards. Yeah. yeah. Incredible actor. Yeah. Really good actor. Two time Oscar winner. I go to interview him for the Bond movie Spectre, and we're in Mexico City, and he was a badass bad guy in that movie, right? Mm -hmm. So I walk into the room, and he's standing there, like, with his hands behind his back, like, like very, like, I don't know, like, just poised, Just right? smug. <laughs> and he's like, after you. And I'm like, I, there's two chairs here. I don't know which one's mine. And he's like, oh, this chair. So, so I sat down. <laughs> I asked him a question, which I thought would give a great answer i said your character obviously doesn't think of himself as a bad guy and th that's actually a really interesting discussion about that like no movie villain thinks they're bad they're always justified in their actions so i said how do you think that he would describe himself i was hoping he'd be like oh i think he's a nice you know he thinks he's a nice guy and he has a you know lovely pet dog or whatever you know and instead he goes it is not my job to describe my character to you, that is your job. And I'm like, oh, those. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. So I ask another question. The answer is not great. And I ended up just wrapping up the interview a little bit early <laughs> because it just wasn't going. So this is it over. is hard to recover this is fucking over. and you're it's not tough. getting what you want. You're like, okay. I just uh, couldn't believe it because I thought the question was actually a pretty good question. Yeah. I was expecting to get an interesting answer. Then I ended up interviewing him like two years later for the movie Alita Battle Angel. And we were actually in New Zealand when we did this interview. And I'm like, oh, man. The whole flight over there, I'm like. Dreading it? Just dreading it? I got it. I mean, this it's going to be so cool. I'm going to New Zealand. They were showing us like the amazing, like all, all the behind the scenes of how they made this film. We went to Weta where they do all the special effects. But the whole flight, I'm like, I got to interview Christoph Waltz. Like, this is going to be. Oh, man. Painful. Yeah, it's going to be tough. <laughs> And I go in and his character in that movie is like a loving, like fatherly character. I walk in and he's like, oh, it is so nice to see you. How are you? How was your flight? He was like a completely different person. <laughs> and it's almost like he's so good of an actor he that he's like playing yeah. the character still. And that was, it was a wonderful time with Christoph Waltz. <laughs> and then we, we went to a dinner that night and some of the cast of the movie was there. And Christoph like was like banging on his glass, and like did a toast for everybody. I'm like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> so it ended up becoming like it was full circle. Like it went from being one of the most uncomfortable interviews I'd ever done to one of the greatest ones. That's incredible. That's crazy. I mean, you, I feel like you got to catch people in the right moment of the right day, but I mean, maybe he's just so method actor. In Into his role, like, yeah. It was amazing how kind he was. Imagine being a villain, like, just in your head for that long period of time. <laughs> yeah. Actually, like, really, like, all right, I'm going to study for this, but I'm just going to be this guy it's for nine crazy. months. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I can't imagine it. I'm down for the paycheck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they want me to be here. Make me the bad guy. Um, I think one of the biggest transitions, and one of the questions that we get all the time, uh, you have an amazing show called Insight with Chris Van Vliet. 
And you, when you're doing all these large interviews, you're a part of the larger programs and networks. What made you think that anyone would watch or listen to you on your own? <laughs> yeah. You know, and do yeah. your own show. Why did you think? Because the show is incredible. You've had, what, 150 episodes now on Inside? No, we're about to hit 300. 300 episodes? Yeah. Double that. 300 yeah, so, next I mean, week. That's, by the way, extremely impressive to get yeah. to that Congratulations, far, man. That's incredible. How do you how do you get to that to that point where you think all right cool I'm going to do this on my own now and go all in on myself? Well, I had a YouTube channel that was gaining some popularity, and I think it was just through that where I was like, I guess I should make the audio version of these available. And I I was so resistant to it for a long time. Right. I didn't start my podcast till 2019, and I was so resistant because I thought that the podcast was going to cannibalize my YouTube channel. So I was doing like these relatively long form in air quotes, like 20, 30 minute interviews on my YouTube. That's channel. long for the internet now. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sure. <laughs> so I was putting these on YouTube and they were doing really well. Like I had a bunch that were over a million views and some into two, three, four, five million views. So it's just like, you know what? Someone who's driving in their car to work probably isn't going to watch the video. So I'll just make the audio available on a podcast. That was really how it began for me. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't really think about it like. Much more than that, I called it the Chris Van Vliet Show because that was my YouTube channel's called Chris Van Vliet. Didn't really put much thought into it. And then as my show started growing and I was getting more and more guests, I'm like, this show should not be called the Chris Van Vliet Show. I'm maybe the person who's on it all the time, but the show's not about me. Right. It's about shining a light on my guests and their amazing stories. So I changed the name a year ago, exactly. We've done 140 episodes since then. So I think we've almost done more episodes as Insight than we had as the Chris Van Bleach show. Got it. But it was just basically like, if I find it interesting, I'm hoping that other people also find it interesting. Like, that's really it. Yeah. For sure. Wait, you do 140 episodes a year? I did 136 last year. That's so many. Yeah. That's more oh than my. two episodes a, like going yeah, out a week? It's two to three a week. Yeah. Wow. wow. And I think the biggest tip for anybody who wants to double their podcast following their downloads just double your episodes yes honestly that simple just crank them out because podcast listeners are so loyal there's it's so habitual you get into your car to drive to work you're putting on your favorite podcast yeah so if you put out double the content you're gonna have pretty close to double the downloads how do you we always get asked a lot about our guests and how we get in touch with them obviously because we don't have a staff a team who's booking for us or anything how do you find all of your guests let alone a hundred Plus a a, week, a year. Yeah, it's. I'm usually trying to find somebody who knows somebody. So right. if I've interviewed this guest and I had some sort of a rapport with them or a relationship with them, I'll say, "Hey, do you know if this person will be open to doing an interview? Like, could you maybe point me in that direction, or could you put in a good word?" That's how a lot of them are. But a lot of cold DMs. If someone has their email and it's readily available. It's we're fired away. Yeah, I promise. Good. You guys know. Jeff's we're fired away. Jeff is a man at yeah. that. I got a solid Excel spreadsheet with copy with, paste. Yeah, yeah. Send. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, fire. That's cool though. So you pretty much do all the uh, reaching out yourself and book all of the guests. Yeah. Most of it. When I come to Vegas and we record it at the Win, they're lining up some of the guests there. Okay. But yeah, I'd say it's still mostly me, where I'm lining them up. You guys are probably getting a lot of pitches too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, a lot of the pitches aren't great. (laughs) Right. But it's the same thing, vice versa, right? People want to come on. I think when you get to that level where you're getting pitched amazing people that you want to have on your podcast, you've reached a a type of a level where that's the peak performance. If people are reaching out to you that you would actually really, truly love and and sought after yourself to get on the show, you've reached that level of like, okay, cool. I've had some really cool ones where someone's like, 
this person would be a great guest for your show. And that person's like Freddie Prince Jr. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, of course, for sure. Right. Or like David Arquette's a big wrestling fan. Mm. So I DM'd him and he's like, oh, it'd just be easier if you texted me. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to text David Arquette. Like, <laughs> right. <this is> amazing. <laughs> so it's been a lot of just somebody knows somebody who knows somebody. Always. That's kind of been how I get most of my guests. I'd Do say. you think it gets harder or easier over time? Because I see it both ways where it gets easier because you have a much larger standing. You've done a lot of success with people in the past, but it also gets harder because just the pool of people, even though there's so many amazing people out yeah. there, it seems to be get, getting smaller the more people that you do. Yeah. And you've also crossed a lot of names off the list. Right. And I'm starting just now to be bringing on guests for the second time, which I think is interesting. Mm. Like, have another conversation with them. Yeah. But I think that another element that's making it more difficult is everybody has a podcast now. Everyone. Yeah. You know? Everyone has a podcast. Every big celebrity, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's really tough to compete with, you know, Barack Obama has a podcast. <laughs> yeah. You know? Dak Shepard. I love Armchair Expert, but it's really hard to compete with somebody Right. Who, you know, is an A-list. His guest lineup is unbelievable. And he got paid as such, by the way, for Spotify. <laughs> and like, I, I love Smartless, but you know, I'm not going to be able to book, book the same guests as Jason Bateman and Will Arnett. Like, yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible. Like, like they're getting like LeBron James and Tom Brady. Like, so I think that's another really difficult part of it. Yeah, there's a rung on top of it. But I, I also think people do like to do there's some people who really want to get exposure for certain things and some people who don't care. And yeah. I think there's that level of people who want to come on these shows that are successful. Like you said, compare, uh, com not compared to Joe Rogan and Barack Obama. Right. Mm -hmm. But successful that themselves that people want to be on, but they have to find it right now. I think when it comes to guests in general, I think the asset that we have is that they have the same difficulty where they can barely sift through the amount of podcasts that are yeah. out there and where they should head on to because there are yeah. so many and so many big people who are doing them. And by the way, so many big people who are doing them and then stop. Yeah. Like they just, hey, I'm going to start a podcast. They do 10 episodes or 15 episodes. Like, I, 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 I'm just, this, this was hard or this was more oh, difficult than I thought. I'm going to do something else. Well, I think that there's also a lot of people who have a million followers on Instagram and they think, oh, I'm going to have a million listeners on my podcast. It's like, no, not the case. It doesn't quite work that way. Work yeah. that way. <laughs> no, not the case. And if you don't love every step of the process, if you don't love booking the guests, researching the guests, doing the interview, producing it, editing it, uploading it, promoting it, if you don't love every single step, you can have a really tough time growing your podcast yeah. unless you can outsource that to other people who are better mm -hmm. at it. And you want to start paying money unless you get And that's the thing. And when you're starting out and you're not a celebrity, it's going to be really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Consistency is key. And it's the biggest thing that we found is because we've had tons of friends that started podcasts and they just, they stop after 15, 20 episodes. Yep. And even that's a lot. So for us to be at, what are we? Episode 89. 89 yeah. You know, and I, I had always said that you can never do your 50th without doing your first. Yep. So just right. start first, yep. do one every week. We, we hold each other accountable. We put one out a week and we're just grinding along. Yeah, and everyone looks... And, until you said 140. Until you said 140. Yeah. 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 And then I was like, well, fuck us, guys. <laughs> yeah, we're screwed. Lazy ass bums. <laughs> yeah. You do one a week? And, cool. and you live here? Yeah. God damn. Yeah, right. Yeah. We're just down the street. So. Everyone looks at like Joe Rogan as like the pinnacle. And you should, right? Mm -hmm. What he's accomplished is unbelievable. Right. But he's also 1,700 episodes in. Jeez. That would be like looking at you know, Usain Bolt in the Olympics and going, well, I want to run fast like that. Well, <laughs> yeah. you can 
you know, put right. in put in the work and Slow maybe you grind. can start to run faster. But no one was listening to the Joe Rogan experience on episode 17 or nope. yep. episode 89. Yep. Right. But everyone's listening now. And I think that's, that's a really important thing. Yeah. To your point, consistency is yeah, key. Absolutely. You're so right. That's a good way to put it. Um, why don't or why have you never had a co-host? Just never wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. It's always I've always gone out, gone out and done the interviews myself. So it's just product of that was how they were being done. Yeah. I've had a co-host in almost all the TV shows that I've done. Really? Yeah. I was on a show called Deco Drive in Miami. Had a co-host there for many years. Inside Jam in Toronto. I've had lots of co-hosts. MTV2, Lauren Toyota is an amazing co-host. I've had co-hosts in all the TV jobs. But all the interviews I had ever done were just one-on-one. Most of them were also in the field to begin with. Like, you'd go to the venue that... I'm trying to think chingy, you know. <laughs> You'd go to the venue. I've never wanted to talk to chingy any more than after this episode. Yeah. Like 100%. You would go to the venue as they were doing sound check and you would interview Chris Caraba from uh, Dashboard Confessional. So it was just very much that one idea of you and the cameraman and the person you're interviewing. Right. And that was just kind of how it came up for me. It was like, those were how I did my interviews. I mean, it makes sense, right? If you don't, I guess if you're used to that dynamic and comfortable enough to do it, right? We like we all share a lot of different perspectives on things and read different points in our lives and it combines ourselves to a different format of how we can interact with guests versus like a one on one yeah conversation that you're having with oh, them. Yeah. A lot rests on you to make sure that it's entertaining, informative, yeah. keeping them engaged, not bored. Yeah, yeah. Them not looking at the clock and like, all right, man, Chris, this was great. Yeah. Signing <laughs> off. For, yeah, yeah. Your guest signs Ooh. off for you. And that was a Chris Van Bleach show. <laughs> That'd be so sick. Subscribe. Oh, Bye. Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think I've, I've thought about the idea of having another podcast that's maybe not interview-based. Maybe it's opinion-based or maybe it's, I don't know, something completely different. Right. Where I'm doing that with one or multiple co-hosts. So. That cool. might be a thing, but yeah. for yeah. now, I'm trying to grow insight as big as I possibly can. Well, awesome. at, at three episodes a day, you know, you know, you a, week, should, a week, <laughs> yeah, a, a three week, three episodes a week, yeah. not, not a day. That's too much, <laughs> too much. Um, question, huge into wrestling, always have been. Yeah. Um, and I, I listened to an interview of yours and you said that at one point you kind of wanted to be in that world. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at the guy over here, you know, this Definitely. is re- just ready for a belt, you know, ready to go. what yeah. would your wrestling name be? <laughs> I was a backyard wrestler. Really? Yeah, Let's a, go. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> I was a backyard wrestler when I was 16 and 17 in my hometown with like 10 of my best friends. Did you build out like a ring and stuff? We didn't have a ring. We had, just, we had, grass. Like, just grass. Just grass. Dirt. We had blue gym mats. Okay. Okay. Which and That's tables safe. to jump off That's of safe. and ladders to jump off of. I was Chris Sharp. I was sharp talking, Ooh. sharp walking, sharp dressing. Like, sorry, getting That's good. It's good. It's good. Keep it going. It's hot. I want, yeah, I, I really wanted to be a pro wrestler. As much as I loved broadcasting, I also loved wrestling that right. much. So when I went to college and I was studying communication studies, I was also like, all right, when I get the money, I'm going to buy a car and I'm going to drive to wrestling school. Wrestling school is in Toronto. It's about an hour away. And I started doing it. I was actually training. <laughs> I was training to be a pro wrestler. I did it for a few months in the summer one year. And then I went back to school, back to Waterloo, where my college town was. And I was like, ooh. What am I going to do? Like, am I going to focus on school school or am I going to focus on wrestling school? Because I firmly believe in that quote that the man who chases two rabbits catches none. And I didn't want to try to, you know, put my all into wrestling school and also try to like graduate over here. 
I wanted to put my all into something. Right. So I put my focus into the communication studies degree and just kind of knew that wrestling would always be there. And now I'm so fortunate that I get to dip my toe in every once in a while with interviews or as a guest ring announcer or something like that, take a bump every now and then. I've done the Rocks finisher in a, in a <laughs> ring before, the Rock Bottom. The really? Rock Bottom. Yeah, I did, I did a little little storyline that's right <laughs> yeah. little storyline so by the way when i was a kid the rock was that was my guy yeah number was the one. number one yeah number one rock versus planet. stone cold yeah. why'd you like the rock At the it th- doesn't matter yeah. why yeah. the rock Yes, it yeah, doesn't right. matter. Oh, I love exactly that. right, right there. Got him. I was like, oh wow, he's right genuinely concerned on why. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, well, okay. well I'm going to talk to seven year old so me good. right now. You know, so good. Uh, yeah, that's why. That's why. This is why. <laughs> it was so good. I, and he I was lives in Vegas, about, apparently. Stone Cold. Yeah. What? What? Yeah, he's in and out of Vegas a lot. Okay. Okay. We yeah. need Stone Cold. There you go. Um, well, he's usually on his ranch, right, in Texas. I think it's mostly here yeah. in L.A. And then I do have a question about The Rock, by the way. Okay. When you were talking about like a, a lot of people that you want to interview, The Rock is, we've talked about him a ton on our, on our show. Sure. Just as probably like the guy who doesn't miss on anything. Yeah. He can't uh, do anything wrong. Nothing wrong. What what was it like interviewing The Rock? Because that, I feel like that's that's in our that's my residency for sure. for top sure. two. Oh, yeah. He, so he was at the top of my list. Yeah. For a long, 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 long time as a wrestling fan and then just, you know, appreciating everything he's done with movies and then being an entrepreneur. Then I got the rock backstage at Ross. So not only did I get the rock, my number one interview that I wanted on my bucket list, I got him in a setting that I knew him. And oh, so loved it was him at from. like a, like a raw. raw yeah. yeah. Wow. That's so cool. So it was, and it was a pinnacle kind of moment in his career, like a pivotal moment, sorry, in his career where it was 2012 when I interviewed him. So it was right before The Rock we know now. The, right act, be- the crazy actor. The megastar. Yeah. yeah. Like right before G.I. Joe 2, right before Pain and Gain, he was just coming off of like a bunch of movies that, you know, maybe weren't the ones we remember him for like now. Like The Mummy. Yeah. Or like, uh, what was it? <laughs> like Daddy Daycare or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Game Plan. Yeah. Oh, The Game Plan. Yeah. yeah the Game Plan. And, and it was just, I mean, he's great. He's, he's funny. He's charming. He's charismatic. But he has the celebrity quality about him where he's so self-aware that he's one of the biggest stars in the world. Yeah. And he knows that you're going to tell everyone that you met The Rock because, you know, he's so famous. He makes the moment about you. He includes you into it. He'll make a little joke or he'll just put his hand on you or something. Hey, you've been working out. Look at you, man. Like little things like that. Thank you, Rock. I would love Dwayne <laughs> to tell me that. Yeah, Thank yeah. you, sir. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and it's just something that, that you'll, you'll never forget it. And I've seen this quality in so few other famous people. Oprah does it. Oprah does this crazy thing. Watch this when Oprah's on a red carpet. She holds your arm the entire... That's a, that's a great question, Lo. That's a really good question. Just to have that human connection. Right. That's crazy. Yeah, so The Rock does this thing where he just wants to make sure that this moment's a memorable moment for you. That's awesome. I mean, I guess there's just no no one else like him that's why he's just where he's at right now when it comes to like his personal attributes when you're interviewing him right that's why he's so different his story is amazing too did you get to interview him again afterwards or was that the only one you ever did i've interviewed the rock nine times not that i'm counting oh shit (laughs) nine times okay so you so you've gotten the progress over time yeah i've interviewed i mean it's been a while since i've interviewed him but i first one was in 2012 and then i interviewed him up until about 2018 so from like Raw to Jumanji to Rampage to Baywatch to Central Intelligence, wow. Ballers. 
Ballers. Yeah, I got it. Fast and Furious 5 and 6. Imagine, Ballers is always so funny to me because imagine getting to do something and being as big as you are, but doing a product on something that you actually didn't get to do in real life. Like, what a weird circle that is to, like, come and actually be the star of a show on something that you really wanted in another life, but you have a better life now about it. Yeah. That's crazy. It's kind of like winning bigger than the original thought of you winning yeah. being an athlete or whatever it was yep that and that's the that the craziest thing about the rock that's never talked about is that his goal his dream was to play in the nfl yeah and he got cut from the cfl like he was a pretty good college player then went to the cfl and got cut so the rock's goal the rock's dream did not happen for him and i mm-hmm. think that's a wild thing to think about because a lot of people will say, my goal is this, or my dream is this. And then when they don't sure. accomplish it, they go, yeah, man, back when I was 21, or back when COVID hit, or yeah. back when 2008. And then they'll just use that as an excuse for the rest of their life. Right. The Rock instead uses it as an excuse to propel the rest of his career. That's mind-blowing. It is. It is. Yeah, that's right. so true. I guess you never really think of The Rock as failing at something, but well, technically. Yeah, so talking about The Rock, do you think he has a legitimate chance if he ever decides to in the future run for president and win? Regardless of political party, whatever it is, yeah, do you think know. he has a legitimate shot? I think there's a lot more skeletons in The Rock's closet that that are like people are aware of them, sure. but yeah. I think that when if he were to ever run for public office, they would come out and maybe people would make a big deal about them. Yeah. I don't know. Him endorsing Joe Biden was an interesting move, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think made a lot of people go, if huh. he's, is he aligning himself with the party for a reason? Sure. Yeah. No. Or did they pay him? I don't know. Sure, like, sure, sure. You know, there, was, there must be a reason there. Imagine an Instagram collab with Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is from Mr. Biden's office. Uh, how much for a post? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, right? Yeah, I mean... That's so I, I also wonder, right, right, is when you're at that stature, right? And someone you keep trying to have to self-motivate yourself and his wins are so big, right? It's like, hey, I'm going to put out tequila brand. It's the biggest ever. Hey, I'm going to put out, you know, I'm going to buy a football league now yeah. and try to do that. That my old boss used to own. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, at what point do you just like, all right, well, I mean, I guess I'll try to be president. Yeah, I have nothing. Yeah, I don't what know. What else is left? else left? Yeah. The Rock, other than the NFL, has been so successful in everything yep. he's ever done. I wonder, like The Rock's all about right now in this phase of his career, like he wants to make the biggest movies possible for a global audience. He says that all the time. Global audience, global audience. He's always talking about that. I wonder if we're going to get a version of The Rock at some point in the next five or ten years where he dives deep into some character work and tries to win an Oscar. Mm. I wonder. Because The Rock makes great films right now, and I think that if you look at the work he's doing now, he's become a great actor. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he's going to try to take that to another level. Maybe The Rock loses 100 pounds and does like a Matthew McConaughey thing. I don't right. know. Yeah, he did, yeah. though, at one point. I feel like after his wrestling career, as he got into acting, he slimmed down a ton, yeah. and then he got back yeah. he on, was told, on the secret and, sauce. And his roles were like, like yeah. Yeah. Hey, man. He was told to. There's a, there's a whole story behind that. When he went into Hollywood, they said, you look too much like a wrestler. Sure. You need to look more Hollywood. And he leaned out. He got down to like, he was like 220 or something. And The Rock now is like 280. Yeah. Shredded. <laughs> monster. But you know you're right? big when you get down to 220. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> that's, that's when you I've know. never been hey, close. Hey, you slim up. Get me to <laughs> yeah. 220 or something. Yeah. Okay, man. Sure, no problem. And he was like, I don't feel comfortable. Like, and that he wasn't being authentic to himself. Yeah. Sure. As we all know, a big part of him is going to the gym. 
And he didn't like the direction his career was going with Tooth Fairy and Game Plan, Race to Witch Mountain. Tooth Fairy. He ended up switching agents. And his new agency basically said, like, you're the rock. Be the rock. Yeah. Be you. You're this generation's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Be as big as you can possibly be. Yeah. And that's when he turned into the rock we know now. Yeah. G.I. Joe 2. And Hobbs, Fast and Furious. Uh, yeah. and Took some good advice, I would say. Yeah. Went the right he, direction. And he said, he said he wanted Will Smith's career, but bigger. And can you think, like, can Jesus. you imagine that? Like, this is Will Smith, like, Independence Day and all the amazing, huge films that he's had. He said he wanted Will Smith's career, but bigger. Like, some people just know how big they're going to be before they will it into existence. Like, Kanye filming himself 20 years ago for a documentary coming out right now, knowing that one day he'll need a documentary. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. When he was absolutely And that wasn't nobody. even a thing. It wasn't even a thing back then. Hey, we know I'm taking a documentary and I'm no one yet, but in 20 years, I'm going to need to drop a three-part Netflix series that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> Man. That's just the, like, the foresight yeah. that you have. Yeah, that is I crazy. Think I think it's really important to dream big. Yeah. Like, it, like if somebody else is doing the thing that you want to do, that just means that you can do it too. That means it's possible. Yep. And the path has been created to so just reverse engineer it back to where you're at now. New records always being set. Always. 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 Um, one other big shift you've been, you've been in the industry. Obviously we talked about pre-social media TV. Now the big shift to social media and all of that entails. Where do you think media entertainment interviews, this style of business is going to be in another five years? Oh, that's a really interesting question. Less and less people are watching, quote unquote, traditional television. Right. Absolutely. I remember like 15 years ago, someone saying like, we're going to watch TV on our phones. And I was like, yeah, right. Why would we watch TV on our phones? <laughs> We've got a 60 inch TV, 70 inch TV, whatever it happens to be. And it's not that we're watching TV on our phones. We're watching content yeah. on our mm -hmm. phone. So there's definitely going to continue to be a shift that the content is just going to be driven by. Stuff that's made not on a schedule. It's just stuff that's made, whether it's made for TikTok or YouTube or Instagram or a podcast or whatever. And I think the idea that you need to go to broadcasting school or you need a background in this, that's not going to exist. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't even need college at this point now anymore. Like, look at the TikTok stars. It's unbelievable what they've done. And my hat's off to them because they're doing something. Look, I could do it, but... I don't think I could do it with the popularity that they've done it with. Right. Yeah. So I just think it's going to continue to be more of that. And it's also, there's going to be a really, <clears throat> excuse me, there's going to be a really big gap between the people who understand and the people that don't. For sure. sure. Yep. <clears throat> I think there's already a lot of the people that this has passed them by. And there's probably a lot of people listening to this right now that are going, I'm not going to download TikTok. I already have Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Why do I need another app? It's like, well, Jump on board. Here you are. It's too late. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think we all talked about it, too, when we originally downloaded TikTok. We're like, yep. what the fuck are we doing? Like, these yeah, kids are kids dancing, dancing and everything. I was once, the OG proponent. Once you get past the whole little young kids dancing, the For You page, once it gets categorized to your liking, yeah. it's amazing. It, it yeah. is amazing. It's amazing. It's the best app. Yeah. It's honestly, I told Carolyn the other night, my girl, I was like, dude, TikTok shits on Instagram. Yeah, it shits on I also, I also always see people I know on Instagram. It's like, I don't want to see you anymore. Yeah, no, I like I the random total strangers yeah. doing awesome things. Making a TikTok. beef Wellington. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that TikTok shows you, like, if in your For You page, I would say it's maybe 20% of people you follow and then 80% yeah. of people that are just brand new to you. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then TikTok knows, like, did you stay on this video for one second? 
or 60 seconds. Ooh, 60 seconds? We'll start to show you We're more. We're going to feed you another one. Mm, yep. Yeah. Beef Wellingtons. Big Beef Wellington guy. <laughs> well, look, man, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Seriously, this is a great episode. Congratulations on all your success. Thank you Absolutely. so much. Uh, guys, make sure you go check out the Chris Van- Insight with Chris Van Vliet. Amazing podcast. Great dude. Thank you, man, for coming on so much. And guys, thank you for having me. Congratulations on all of your success. Here's to 89 more and then 289 more after that. Love Absolutely. That. Be prepared, guys, at the Residency Pod. We'll see you very soon. 150 next year. 150. <laughs>